The Holy Gospel according to John, the twelfth chapter. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In our Gospel reading today, Jesus is at a dinner party with good friends in Bethany. He is getting very close to the events of Holy Week now. He has just six days before Passover and the cross, and Bethany is only two miles outside of Jerusalem where it will all happen. A normal person would be running as fast as he could in the other direction to avoid death on a cross, but not our Lord. And so, before his brief triumphant entry into Jerusalem, before his betrayal, arrest, trial, and crucifixion, before he goes through all of that, he spends an evening with people who care about him. Mary and Martha and Lazarus, two sisters and a brother. He has history with them. They are close. At an earlier dinner in their home, as described in Luke, We meet the two sisters who seem to have very different temperaments. Martha was making everything nice for the meal, and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, giving him her full attention. Martha got a little frustrated. I think her language of love is feeding people, and she thinks it should be Mary's as well. But Mary had chosen the place of a student, a disciple, at Jesus' feet, and Jesus praised her for it. John tells us more about their history together, a history which shows that although Martha was busy in the kitchen, she was also listening and paying attention to Jesus, and she was among the very first to understand who he was. On this occasion, Lazarus had died. Jesus arrived four days after the death. He spoke first with Martha, who declared to Jesus that he was the Messiah. Martha believed in him. Then Mary came to him and again knelt at his feet, this time in grief, needing comfort and strength. Jesus wept with them. Then he went to the tomb of Lazarus and raised him from the dead. Their beloved brother, a person loved by Jesus too, was restored to life and to his sisters. Many people who witnessed this believed in Jesus because of it. 
But others saw this miracle and reported it to the Pharisees who saw Jesus as a troublemaker, a disturber of the peace, and they planned to have Jesus arrested and put to death. So Jesus and his disciples withdrew to a safer place for a while. But now, in today's reading, he is back in Bethany again with his dear friends having dinner. If Martha is going to say thank you to someone, you know she'll say it with a nice dinner. This is the last time he will be with those three who love him and understand who he is. John's description of this very special dinner does not make a big deal about Lazarus, who was raised from the dead, being at the table. If you were at dinner, could you think of anything else? Could you take your eyes off him? Lazarus doesn't say anything, but I imagine him grinning from ear to ear and glowing with a resurrection-like light and maybe still searching for words to describe what had happened to him. We just aren't told, which of course annoys me. Other people are at the table too, Judas and presumably other disciples. Then Mary, who had sat at Jesus' feet as a disciple, and knelt there again in grief, once again took her place at his feet. How to express profound gratitude for the life of her brother. How to express her sadness that he was making that dangerous journey to Jerusalem. She knelt at his feet that had walked so many miles that would soon be pierced with nails. And she anointed them in the Jewish world, anointing was a symbol that this person is favored by God. Prophets anointed future kings. And also, when a person died, their body was washed and then anointed. We don't know what Mary was thinking, but we do know this. Mary anointed Jesus with the most precious thing she had, a perfumed ointment made of pure nard, a whole pound of it, which was very expensive. Nard was an essential oil. It was made from a flowering plant that grew in the Himalayas. It cost what a laborer would make in a year. Her friend, her Lord, the one who raised her dear brother from the dead, her Messiah, in her eyes deserved the very best that she could give. And she gave it lavishly, not holding anything back. And then she wiped those feet with her own hair, an act of love. And the sweet fragrance of it filled the house. The love, the humility, the honor of her gift were there for all to see. But Judas, blinded by his greed, could not see the beauty of it. Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? Of course, Judas didn't actually care about the poor. He was just upset because he would not have a chance to steal some of the money before it got to the poor. Jesus told Judas to leave Mary alone. Now, Jesus' love for the poor was obvious to anyone. Yet at this moment, he reminded them, actually quoting Deuteronomy, 
that the poor would always be with them, but they would not always have him. He defended Mary's lavish act and her love, and Jesus understood that the deep meaning of her act, more than friendship, even more than her gratitude for the life of her brother, was to anoint his body ahead of time for his burial. His death is close at hand, only a few days away. Kindness will be scarce from now on. Perhaps the aroma of Mary's anointing will remain with him. But just for this moment, a little family was caring for him, understanding him, giving him love and tenderness. And I'm glad he had that. I appreciate Mary's way of love in this account. Mary shows us that acts of love should not be put off until a future time. She anoints Jesus in the moment she is given. Sometimes we feel moved to to do a certain kindness, write a note, make a phone call, express our gratitude, give a special gift, and then because of busyness or shyness or thinking we can do it later, we do not do it. And then the opportunity is lost. The people we love and we ourselves will not always be here on this earth and the time for acts of love and kindness is today, right now. Mary also shows us that love can be extravagant. She took the most precious and valuable thing she had and poured it out on Jesus. She gave it to him because it was the most precious thing she had to give. A little of that lovely nard would have been very nice indeed, but she wasn't thinking about the least she could give him because that is not how love thinks. William Barclay, a theologian from Scotland who died in 1978, wrote, We have not even begun to be Christian if we think of giving to Christ and to his church in terms of giving as little as we respectably can. When we love the Lord or love another person, there is a time for lavish and extravagant giving of ourselves and our time and our resources. Mary's way of love is, well, it's truly lovely. Barclay also wrote that in Greek there are two words for good. There is agathos, which describes a thing which is morally good, and there is kalos, which describes a thing which is not only good, but also lovely. A thing might be agathos, morally good, yet be hard or stern or austere. But a thing which is kalos is not only good, it is also winsome and lovely and loving with a tenderness and a beauty about it. The Scots call that a bonny thing. What Mary does for Jesus is a bonny thing, both good and lovely, when she pours out that whole jar of perfume on Jesus, who will pour out his whole life for us on the cross. For those who love Jesus, Holy Week is a very special time to 
Draw near to the one who poured out himself for us. It begins next week. May our love of our Lord and our love of one another be a bonny thing. In the name of Jesus, amen.